There was a rov by the name of Meisels, the Psvi Hirsch Meisels. He survived the Holocaust, came from Hungary originally, was a rov, and later on settled in Seagate in Brooklyn. Opened a shul, became a rov there. He passed away maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. He wrote a sefer after the Holocaust called Mikachi Hashem, those that sanctified God's name. These are, it's a sefer with correspondence, which he had, Chuvas, that he wrote to Rabbanim that uh, lived before the Holocaust in Hungary. Young Rabbanim scholars that he had the correspondence with. And the, all these Rabbanim perished in the Holocaust. So in order to create a memorial for those young Rabbanim that were lost, uh, he published this book with the letters and correspondence that he had with them in Divri Torah. In the introduction to that sefer, he writes a little bit of a biography of his own experiences in Auschwitz. He has remarkable stories. One of the stories he tells it has to do with Rosh Hashanah. He was in the camps, and he managed to smuggle in a shofar. When he came into the camps, he smuggled the shofar. When he came into the camps, it was right before Rosh Hashanah. So he made sure to get a shofar with him. It was dangerous, but he risked his life and got the shofar through the gate and had the shofar with him. He hid it somewhere. Right before Rosh Hashanah, the Nazis, Erev Rosh Hashanah, as they did before every Yontiv, they decided to do a selection. They did these selections, and then, of course, they for execution. They did it on a Yontiv in order to damp the mood and the spirits of the Jewish people during the Jewish holidays. So Erev Rosh Hashanah, the Nazis decided to select 1,600 boys, uh, teenagers, between the ages of 16 and 18, and they would be segregated from the rest of the camp, and the next day on Rosh Hashanah, they would be executed. There was a whole selection process that he describes that in order to be selected, you had to be short enough. They made uh, the children, all the teenagers, file through a little gate where they had a pole on top. If you had reached that pole and touched it, then, then you were not selected. You were let go. If you didn't make it to the pole, that meant that, meant that you were selected for, for this execution. He describes that one of the kids knew that his height would spell the difference between life and death. So when he passed through the gate, he went on his tippy toes to make sure that his head touches that the bar, that pole that was sticking out on top. Unfortunately, the Nazi noticed it and uh, banged him over the head with a heavy bar and killed him on the spot. When these kids were selected, 1600, they were put in a special area in the camp with a fence around the camp, uh, that, that area. And they put the couples in charge of watching the kids till the next day. They didn't feed the kids. The kids were going to starve for 24 hours. And then on Rosh Hashanah Eve, the, towards the evening, towards the end of the day of Rosh Hashanah, the, the SS would come and do their work, do their thing. 
Rabbi Meisel describes that he had a shofar with him. It was Rosh Hashanah morning. So the Jews in the camp found out that he has a shofar. And he would go from block to block where there were people working. And the people surrounded him so the Nazis wouldn't see him. He would blow the shofar as quietly as he could. So there would be Yetzir the Mitzvah shofar. And he went to the next block and the next block. The word spread quickly that Rav Meisels has a shofar. And the boys that were behind the fence who understood very well what was waiting for them. It was the day of Rosh Hashanah, it was only a matter of hours before they, they were sent to Elam Ames. But they heard there was a shofar, so they cried out from behind the fence and said that Rabbi Meisel should come here and blow the shofar for them. They want to hear the shofar. Rabbi Meisel, when he heard the cry of the kids, he hesitated, because if he climbs over the fence and blows the shofar for them, what if the Nazis come right then to kill those children? Then they'll see him amongst the kids. They'll kill him too. He had his son who was 13 years old. It's the only child he had left. They had killed his wife and all his children, except for one son, who I believe is still alive and is the Rav there in Seagate in the same shul. And the son begged his father not to go. He says, you're the only thing I have left. And if the Nazis come, and I'm going to lose you too. The father says he was torn. I was torn between the kids behind the fence crying out, we want a mitzvah of Shafer. And his son, his only son left, that is crying, Father, don't go, I need you. So the father finally decided, he said to his son, why don't you go to the entrance of the camp? You look out. If you see the SS coming, come run back and tell me that they're coming and I will jump over the fence back outside so that they wouldn't catch me. And so the son went to the gate and he jumped over the fence. He says the boys were unbelievable. They were ecstatic. They took a garbage can, they turned it upside down. One of the boys that was very smart, that knew uh, all the tefillahs by heart, jumped onto this can and started reciting Minameitza, Pasek by Pasek. And they sang it, Minameitza, Karosiko, and all the kids were crying after him. Pusik after Pusik with, with, from the depths of their soul. He says he has never seen anything like it. He says the most memorable Rosh Hashanah of his life. He says they finished all the Psukim and they came to, to the Brachas. They said, well, not so fast. They said, the kids said, we, we remember our Rav used to give a Drasha before Skir Shefer. We wanted, we wanted a Drasha, we want a sermon. He says, I was speechless. Finally, came up with something. He says, "I, I hesitated speaking to such kids. These kids, I was awed by these kids. They knew they're going to die. They hadn't eaten since yesterday. They're going to die in a few hours, and all that preoccupied their minds is is Shafer. So I said a few words, and then I blow the Shafer, and the kids hugged me and thanked me, and I jumped back over the fence, and I was safe. These kids, two hours later, were no longer with us. I usually tell the students here, I tell this every Rosh Hashanah, the night before Shafer. And I say to them, listen, imagine these kids who are about your age, or maybe even a little younger. They knew they were going to die in a horrible way. What preoccupied their minds at the last two hours of their lives? They hadn't eaten for 24 hours. They're going to die in two hours from now. And what preoccupied their minds? 
it's Shalash Hashanah today. They want to hear the Shafer. I say to the students, you all live in a country where you can do whatever you want. I expect you to come tomorrow for Tkir Shafer. Usually has a big effect. <laughs>